Good morning, everyone. My name is Matthew. I am from the City Board Congregation. I am one of the deacons on that side. And I do have a question for you this morning. And my question is, who knows what CrossFit is? Anyone? You know CrossFit? Yeah. Super intense exercise thing, okay? The follow-up question is, how do you know if somebody does CrossFit? They do tell you. That's true. And it can come up in absolutely any conversation. You can even be having a bit of a counseling moment with someone. It's like, Paolo, how are you doing? I'm not doing so well. Hey, I'm feeling tired. You're feeling tired, Paolo. Why? Oh, there's just been, I feel like I've been carrying this heavy weight. Paolo, that doesn't sound right. You know, the Lord says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. What is this heavy weight you've been carrying? Well, actually, normally a 100 kg dumbbell, 17 reps either side at my CrossFit, you know. It can come up literally anywhere. And totally unrelated to that, my wife and I have recently joined a CrossFit gym. Um, we are not doing CrossFit, though, as all of our CrossFit friends tell us. They say it's not CrossFit. We're doing this cardio kind of thing. It's really intense. I've never sweated so much in my life. It's crazy. And there's one lady in our class who is like 100% fit. She does all of the cycle races. She does the marathon. She does all of that stuff. But after a few sessions there, we realized that she's not doing all of the same exercises as us. And it seemed like she had some sort of problem with her back. So after a few weeks, we said to her, what's going on? Did you injure yourself? And she said, you know, I didn't do anything big, but all of a sudden, one day while I was working out, my, my back pulled and it just didn't get better. I had to go to the physio to go and see what was wrong. And what the physio said to her was, look, you, you fit, you're in good shape, but the problem is that your form has been a little bit off. Her posture was a little bit off. So after years of exercise, all of a sudden, her back just gave in with no warning. Um, and she's got a long road to recovery to actually be able to perform at the level that she used to before. And I feel like what God is wanting to do this morning is a little bit of a form correction. Sometimes we're doing the right stuff, but if your posture's a little bit out, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it can feel like, I just can't do this anymore, you know? And so I feel like God is wanting to bring a little bit of form correction um, this morning. So like I said, my name is Matthew. Um, For those of you who don't know me, other than being a deacon in the congregation, I'm also a community leader, and I am also a married man. My wife is sitting right here at the front. Her name is Jean. So we've been married for five years in September. We were married in 2019, just before COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, my wife is not from South Africa. It's a little bit difficult to say exactly where she's from, but we've had a whole journey of visas and home affairs and all sorts of things that the Lord has had to get us through. And that's a whole other story in itself, but it has been an amazing five years of marriage. We've been in City Bowl since 2023. Um, and I do have a claim to fame this morning. And my claim to fame is that I was at Sean and Chantal's baptism, okay, which was probably like 14 or 15 years ago. Was anybody else there? Did anybody else know them at that time? Okay, well, I guess that I do have the claim to fame this morning. Um, I was, at the time, probably about 15 or 16. I was not about seven or eight. I'm younger than I look. I'm actually 30 this year, true story. Um, But uh, I was about 14 or 15 at the time when they got baptized. And what was amazing for me to see with Sean was like, he came in this like bonfire for the Lord, like 100% in. And it seems over time, there's just been more and more kind of, more logs thrown on the fire. Um, and uh, being here among this congregation today, it feels like the bonfire is not just with Sean, it's with a lot of you guys as well. So um, very cool to see. 
And um, yeah, but I mean, I was 15, 16 at the time. I did kind of grow up in Josh Jen. I got saved at about 15, um, was in high school at the time. Um, I found out this morning, Sean actually has my number saved on his phone as Matt Youthy. Um, it's a little bit, it's, it's been a little, it's been a long time since I've been in youth, but I was in youth ministry for, for a few years as well. Um, and when I finished high school, I had to figure out, like, okay, what's next? You know, if you're in Josh Jen, you have these dreams, like, I want to have a house that I can host people. I want to actually bring something besides a bag of chips to a bring and share, you know? So obviously, I had to get a job. I had to earn some money. And I ended up going to study architecture at UCT. And I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. It seemed like a good kind of, you know, uh, it was the right kind of skills that I have, the right kind of temperament. But once I got in, the workload was absolutely manic. It was like we would have lectures all day. You would be working all night. And it was basically like a 24-7 kind of um, lifestyle that we had to live in. Um, we literally had a mattress in our studio. So when people had, you know, people would literally, they'd work all night, not sleep. There would be a deadline. We would have a submission. And you would have people over here presenting their work. And over there, you would have someone sleeping, catching a quick nap before their presentation was. People were literally surviving off coffee and cigarettes for the most part through architecture school. It was a very, very unhealthy environment. My friends at the time said that I spelt fun W-O-R-K, um, you know, because I was literally just working all the time. Um, faced a lot of uh, exhaustion and burnout at that time was, was very difficult. Um, and at the end of my first semester, uh, we had some people who literally just like left the course. They're like, we can't do this, it's too much. I got to my exam, and when you have exams in architecture, it's not something you write and they mark and you, you get your mark back. It's like, oh, I did well or bad. No, you, you put your stuff up on the wall, and then the lecturer will say to you, you know, that was a really bad decision. Why did you do it like that? And the, it's called a crit, okay, because they are critting your work. And oftentimes, Sometimes it's good, but most of the time it's a little bit like destroying, you know? Um, and so I had, I had my crits at the end of my first semester, and they said to me, Matthew, you're not going to make it through first year if you carry on like this. And I'm thinking like, like I was a pretty good student in high school, like, and now literally these people are telling me I'm going to fail first year. Like, what is going on? And so I had to go to the Lord with that. Um, and at the time, he gave me uh, Isaiah chapter 40, 28 to 31. It says, do you not know and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There's no limits to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men may stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not be faint. At that time... I was feeling very faint, I was feeling very weary, and I felt like I had nothing more that I could actually bring into that situation. But what is beautiful about that picture of, of eagles, like soaring on wings like eagles, is that the way that eagles climb up into the air is on like these banks of hot air. The hot air actually takes them up. They're not flapping to get up there. And in the same way, like God carries us with his strength. It's not about us having to work really hard to get through everything. It's actually the Holy Spirit who's wanting to come and empower. And he, he did that for me through architecture school. I Later on in that year, I had a Sunday afternoon, which I was working because it was architecture school. And I hit about 3, 4 p.m. And my brain was just like, I just felt totally brain dead. Um, and design is a very mentally taxing kind of um, discipline. So if you don't have any brain power, it's like, basically, what are you doing? So after sitting there for a few hours, not getting anywhere, 
I just went to my car and I was like, I'm just going to worship for a bit. Um, and I spent some time worshiping the Lord, about 15, 20 minutes. And in that time, I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to rely on my own strength here. I'm going to rely on you. And I really need you to carry me through this. And I came out of that little 20 minutes and I had this like unexplainable burst of energy. I had this like mental sharpness. I went and I was just working, working, working. We had a, a submission for later that week. And that burst of energy, it didn't just last that afternoon. It was like the next three days. I was just going, 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 as if I was living a healthy lifestyle, as if I was sleeping properly, which I wasn't, you know. And I say unexplainable, but it's not. It's actually God came and he literally carried me through. I feel like that's a little bit of what God is wanting to do this morning. Um, that's a little bit of the form correction he's doing, is to take our reliance off ourselves and what we can bring and actually back onto the Lord. Um, so there is a scripture that I feel God sums that up with really well, and it's Zechariah 4 verse 6. And that says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the context of this scripture is Zerubbabel was one of the exiles in Babylon who had come back to Jerusalem. The city was totally destroyed by Babylon years earlier, and he was there helping to rebuild the temple. They faced a lot of opposition um, to them actually doing that. And God's encouragement to him here was, it's not going to be by your strength that, that this work's going to be finished. It's actually going to be by my spirit. Um, and as I look around the church today and what God is doing, it feels very much to me like God is doing something similar. He's building up where the church has fallen into disrepair, where it's started to fall into a little bit of ruin, where places that were once alive are now dead. It's like God is coming and bringing a whole lot of life in. Um, and um, even if you look just over Josh Jen since, since COVID, I mean, we, it's just, it has expanded massively. Congregations have been planted, communities have been planted, elders have been raised up, people have got saved, people have got baptized, people have got baptized in the spirit. It's just like, people are just coming. There's a river of God that has been flowing. Um, and for us last year, especially 2023 was just like, go, go, go. You know, we had path reposition on this side. We had um, a whole lot of, so like I say, we're comm leaders. So we have a whole lot of people who join our comm. Um, we have got uh, John Con, Jonathan Conrath coming and doing the whole, you know, then new people are getting saved and coming into the congregation. And it was just like we were going at this amazing pace. And then we got to December, okay? And December time in Cape Town, what happens is all the Cape Townians in the city center, they go away and all the people from Joburg come to the city, okay? And all the GP number plates you just see left, right, in the center. And um, Jean and I, we actually decided we're gonna stay in the city this December, have a little bit of a staycation, have a little bit of a rest. And at that point, I realized how incredibly tired I was from 2023, um, feeling just emotionally drained, actually. Um, and I spent a little bit of time with the Lord on it because I was like, you know what, God? I had a few dips in 2023 where it felt like I was running, running, running. And then I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. Like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to have coffee with anyone. I don't want to pray for anyone. Get someone else to pray for you. And I had like two or three of these dips in the year. And I thought, you know what? 2024 is coming. God, I want to run with consistency. I want to run well. So I spent some time with God planning this out with him a little bit, okay? And I had three main points that I felt like I got out of it. The first one was to spend more time abiding in God, okay? And how I saw myself doing that was I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. So I'm going to get a Bible plan. I'm going to read like four chapters a day. I've got this, okay? Second point that I came up with was considering my capacity and knowing who I am, it's important not to overdo things, okay? If I'm discipling people in my community, I can't see like seven of them in a week. 
I can do maybe max three. So I'll have like, you know, one coffee here, maybe two dinners in the week. And if I keep to that, I can keep consistently and I can just keep going week by week. My third point was it's important to have consistent rest time. So not just running, but a day in the week where I'm taking a rest, maybe a weekend away with my wife now and then for us, have a bit of rest. Um, And my heart in all of this was, God, I want to run consistently for you. And I thought it was all good. Yeah, the Lord had some other, um, some other ideas about my amazing plans. So during one of my uh, Bible reading quiet times, um, the Lord came and spoke to me out of Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 35. Um, and that scripture says, we will bring the first fruits of our land and of every fruit tree to the Lord's house year by year. Now God highlighted that to me and I thought, you know what, I, I think God is encouraging me here because I feel like that's what I'm doing with my year. I feel like I'm bringing my first fruits to him, you know, all of the stuff that I'm planning to do. Um, but the truth is God highlighted it to me because he said, actually, Matthew, I don't want your first fruits. I want your heart. Um, and I had to take a bit of a step back there and go, like, have I been doing all this stuff actually without bringing Jesus in? We can actually do that from time to time. We can run and do all the things that are part of God's family, but like not bring Jesus into it. It's almost like if I were to, you know, having a quiet time without Jesus, it's like going on a date, but like by yourself. And you're like, yo, this food is so amazing. Everything is so great. Loving reading the Bible, but actually Jesus is not there. You know, it's crazy how we can sometimes get into that. And that's the first thing that the Lord addressed me on. Um, And um, I think he showed me that he's actually not impressed by the stuff that we're doing, uh, how many Bible chapters we are reading, how, much, how many people we're discipling, how many times we're doing whatever for the kingdom, how many people we host, whatever. Um, there's even a scripture in Psalm 147. It says, his delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. Sorry for anyone who's into park running. It's, uh, God is not that into it himself. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. And I wasn't, I think, I didn't probably see it, but I was hoping a little bit more on my commitment to God than actually his steadfast love carrying me through. Um, and it reminds me of um, what Jesus said to the church in Ephesus when he said to them, I have seen uh, your hard work, I've seen your labor and endurance, but you're lacking one thing, and that's that you've lost your first love, actually. Um, And I think that's one of the places, that's the sweet spot where God actually wants us. It's not so much about what we're doing, but it's that our hearts are actually close to Him, that we've drawn close to Him. And out of that place, that's where the other serving things happen. But it took me back to, like, when I first got saved. When you you first get saved, it's it's just that first love, you, you can do anything for the Lord. You can give up anything for Him. You can do anything that you've never done before. It's just, God, it's like you're swimming in His love, and it is so amazing, and it's so incredible. And if you think about, like, when we got saved in the first place, okay, we were totally away from God. We were totally dead in our sin. There was nothing that we were bringing to Him. There was nothing good that we had to give Him. Um, and there was this, like, chasm between us and God, and He came, and He crossed that. He came, and He gave Himself for us, Okay, and he is the one who actually saved us. Um, the only thing that we kind of contributed to that whole process of salvation is the need to actually get saved because of our because of our own sin, right? Um, and if you look at Ephesians chapter two, it says that we are actually God's workmanship. We we haven't made ourselves or self-improved ourselves to get into a good place with God. No, He came and He saved us. He came and adopted us. He came and He made us 
his child, actually. He's, we're, we're his workmanship. It's God's work in us. Um, and it also says that he has created us for good works, okay? And what, what good works are those that he has made us for? Okay, so back to my amazingly great plan for 2024 and working well in the Lord. Um, he had another uh, form correction for me. A couple of weeks later, we had a prayer time um, at City Bowl, and uh, Luke Hulley, who leads our congregation, he came and he had this word, um, and it was one of those where, you know, they, he was speaking, but it felt like it was all, like, directly to me and directly to my situation. I was like, Luke, you could have just spoken to me personally. You know, you didn't have to say it over the mic to everyone. Um, but he addressed the fact that 2023 was a wild year. It was a busy year in God, but also we're looking ahead at what God is doing. Guys, it doesn't look like God's actually going to slow down. It doesn't look like it. Um, and um, the word that he brought to us was, we need to avoid a spirit of scarcity coming in, okay? A spirit of scarcity would be, you're like, I actually don't have enough for what needs to happen this year, so I'm going to be very careful with calculating what I can give, okay? And he told the story about the, uh, where Jesus multiplied the food for the 5,000. He brought, he, he literally set up the disciples. He's like, you guys feed them. How are we going to feed all these people? And they're like, I mean, we can't afford to feed them, but we've literally got five loaves and two fish, but what are we going to, like, what can we do with that for so many people? And Jesus took those five loaves, he took those two little fishies, and he divided them up between, well, more than 5,000 people, because that was just the men, right? It was women and children as well. Um, And what I suddenly realized was my great plan to, like, I'm going to, you know, manage my capacity, I'm going to see three people, I'm going to do all of that. My great plan was literally me trying to manage my own strength. Jesus actually wasn't even in the picture of how am I going to run this year out. It was like me trying to understand myself. Essentially what I was doing was I was taking those five loaves and those two fish, and I was dividing them up into little, little, little small pieces to give to all of the people, right? But when you bring Jesus into the picture, he doesn't divide what we've got. He multiplies what we've got. Um, And Um, the encouragement that God was giving to me in that was that even if I feel like I don't have enough, actually that's how it's supposed to be. God is not trying to, you know, that we are these superstars that do all these things. Actually, our inadequacy is what God wants to use to show His power and show His glory. And that's what actually really takes faith, doesn't it? If you feel like you don't have something to give, you don't have something to bring to the Lord um, or for other people, that's where you really have to rely on God and you're actually not relying on yourself. Um, And so even as we're going into 2024, I think the encouragement is there is a river of God flowing. God is going to be doing some crazy things. And whatever you're doing, if you're a community leader, if you're doing worship, if you're on AV, if you're on sound, if you're one of those hosting gifts who has people in your house, if you are the chef extraordinaire who, you know, brings all the best stuff to the the bring and shares, um, the encouragement is there's going to be work to do this year, but not in your own strength, actually in relying on God and to position your heart in that place. Because if you've been doing it for a while, it's easy to, like without realizing it, to just go into that. Like, yeah, no, I've discipled a lot of people. Uh, I'm going for coffee with this guy and let's just go for it. Let's see what's going to happen. And you can, you can miss those moments to just, I just need to rely on the Lord for this, actually. Don't, we mustn't become professionals in serving the Lord. Actually, we're supposed to be inadequate. We're supposed to just let Jesus come and do what he is doing. Um, and so, yeah, we do have our limitations. It's the, way that, it's the way that God has made it. So don't feel discouraged by that. Don't feel discouraged about, oh, I feel tired from last year, or 
there's too much work to do in the kingdom. Um, actually, it's, we've got to rely on God and not ourselves. Um, I mean, even Paul says in uh, Colossians 1.29, um, he says, for this I labor. He's talking, about, um, he's talking about all his work for the church. He says, for this I labor, striving with his strength that he works powerfully in me. So Paul did a lot for the Lord, but he actually wasn't doing it out of himself. And he confirms that even with uh, 1 Corinthians, he says, for I have worked harder than all of the other apostles. Yeah, for I have worked harder than all of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. That's what he's going to do through us this year. Not us, but God working through us by his grace. That is the sweet spot that God wants wants us to be in. Our hearts close to him. And um, actually, our, everything that we do, empowered by him. Um, and so, I just want to lead us into a little bit of a, a, little bit of a response to that. Um, I'm not going to go on and on and on. Um, I feel like what God is wanting to do is to give us a moment to, to actually bring our hearts close to him. Um, if it's feeling far, if you've just been doing what you've been doing. So, why don't we just close our eyes for a second? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, we just want to bring our hearts before you this morning. So if there's anyone here this morning who, that first part of, um, you know, God doesn't want your first fruits, he wants your heart. If that is something that was resonating with you this morning, um, why don't you just put your hands out to the Lord? And your Father, I just want to ask that you would come and encounter every person today. Um, if, if that is you, that's, that's a prayer that you've got to pray actually to the Lord of bringing your heart back to him. But I just want to pray that God would come close to you, that he would come and just be your source. Um, Yeah, like it even says in Psalms that, um, you know, in him there is fullness of joy. And I pray that you would have that fullness of joy this morning, Uh, that it wouldn't just be going through the motions, doing what you do for God, but that he would empower you, that he would strengthen you, that he would fill your heart and your mind and your soul with everything that you need. And if there's anyone else who feels like they have that spirit of scarcity, who have worked really hard for the Lord last year, but this year it feels like, yo, I actually don't have any more to give, Lord. Um, or I've, I've got a little bit, but this is all I'm going to give. I feel like Lord, the Lord actually wants us to bring those little loaves and those little fish this morning. Um, and so I want to I ask for a little bit of a bigger response there. And so if you feel like, that is you this morning. I want you to come, actually come out to the front here um, and we can have a chance to pray because we're doing that as a step of faith to be, this is, you know what, God, I'm bringing what I've got to you um, and uh, yeah, I want to give it to you. So let's just not do that in our hearts. Let's actually do that. So if you feel like that is you, it'd be amazing to just stand up, come and pray. We're not going to make a whole song and dance about it, but it'd be amazing to just encourage you in, um, in what the Lord is saying. Um, and then the last group of people who I would just like to ask for responses, um, those who have never actually been empowered by the Lord, if you've never actually had Him um, giving you strength because maybe you haven't given your heart to Him in the first place. Um, and so if that's, if that's you this morning, this is a moment to receive faith from God, to receive faith to believe in Jesus, that He has actually died for you, that He's made a way for you to have a relationship with God, and that He's actually made a way for you to walk with the Lord, to walk in His joy, to walk, walk in His peace, and, um, and the sustaining that He gives. 
So if that is you this morning, I'd love you to maybe just raise your hand um, and we can just come and pray for you as well. So if there's anyone who would love to give their heart to Jesus for the first time, then this morning would be your morning for that. Yeah, Father, I just want to thank you for this morning, God. We just want to thank you for your word. Thank you that you do sustain us. Thank you that um, your strength is actually all that we need, God. And I pray, Jesus, I pray that you would come and fill us with strength today. I pray that you would come and carry us today through um, whatever we're going through, whether it's studies, whether it's work, whether it's all sorts of trials, or even just serving you with our whole hearts, God. I just want to pray that you would be the one who sustains us, that you would be the one who fills us, um, and that you would do abundantly more than all that we can ask or receive, God. Um, even as we bring little loaves and fish to you, God, that you would multiply those things, that you would um, do so much more than we ever could. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for that, and we give our whole hearts, our whole lives, everything that we've got to you. Yeah. In Jesus' name.